Rock One people, we're back with another episode. The Hoop Genius Podcast, rocking with your boy Mo, aka the Hoop Genius, and of course, the point guard guru, the NBA champion. Have you want to describe him, Mr. BJ Armstrong, back in the building? BJ, how you doing, my brother? Man, I'm doing great. It's a lot going on. The season ended on a high note with the mm-hmm. Milwaukee Bucks. Then we went into the Olympics. Then we in free agency. Starting tomorrow, Mo, we have uh, summer league. Yes, sir. And before you know it, we'll be right back in that chair again, and the season will be starting. So there's a lot of things, a lot of moving parts, but I'm doing great. And uh, how are you doing, my friend? I'm blessed. I can't complain. Um, you know, shout out to everyone who's been messaging, asking us to do more episodes of the podcast. We know you guys have missed us, but we're back now. Don't worry. I had to take a little break, you know, a little decompress at the end of the season. But I wasn't really decompressing. I was putting in work back on the YouTube brand as well. More videos coming at you over there. But in the meantime... Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Well, right now, we're recording this Saturday afternoon for me, morning for you, I guess. Um, Team USA just won the gold. Yes. I know your boy JaVale was out there. What a run he's had. You know, yes. three NBA championships, uh, Olympic medal, and a Grammy nomination. What was he saying? Have you spoken to him since that gold medal game? What's the, what's the feelings like over there? The energy that he has right now is just phenomenal. And anyone who knows him, he's just a very positive person. And I couldn't be happier for him, for what he's been able to achieve. I mean, just listening to what you said, he's three NBA championships, a gold medal, Grammy nomination. I mean, he's been, I think this is year, coming into year 14 in the NBA, and he's still playing the game at a high level. He's really excited about his opportunity now to go play for the Phoenix Suns in his role. Oh, CP going to be throwing them lobs. Yes. And see it. Yeah. So, I mean, he, it's just been phenomenal, phenomenal run. So congratulations to him. And also on a side note, his mom medaled in 1984 yep. gold medal when the Olympics the first were ever here in the States. Mother and son. The first son. ever mother and son so duo. congratulations to the McGee family. And what an incredible, incredible run. And I was just watching last night and I couldn't be happier for a, for a better person. And he's the best. And I, and I, and I sincerely mean, it. he's just a great, great guy and great, great human being. And uh, he's a pretty good player as well. Hey, well, ever since they won the gold medal a few hours ago in the early hours of this morning for me, um, Draymond Green has hopped on Twitter and he's responding <laughs> to every single person who doubted Team USA. Now, BJ, you said to me before the game started, you didn't think they had what it takes. I'm going to have to put you on blast here. I said, I think they're getting silver or gold because my theory was if they get in trouble, they can just give the ball to Kevin Durant and tell everyone to get out of the way because no one on the world can guard that man. But I noticed a change in their play for the last three or four games. On the defensive end, they picked up the intensity. On the offensive end, it looked like they trust each other a little bit more. What did you see from these guys to turn it around? Because... When you said those things and when we had those conversations, they did not look like the same team that we saw winning the gold medal game yesterday. They well, were a while away from that. Well, what we saw, though, is the team minus the three guys who really added. In particular, Drew Holiday really, mm. really added. A, he, he really added some energy and a jump start to this team. Now, what I also said in the same conversation, so we can put it in its proper context, is I still thought they had the best roster from yeah. top to bottom. I was very clear. I thought they had yeah. the best roster. They were the best team. The international game is a different game. 
It's a very different game. And because of the transition from the regular season to international basketball, no training, they didn't have their full team, COVID and all of the things, that it didn't look well. Yeah. It didn't look well. And if they would have continued to play like they did, that's why they lost. But there was a lot of moving parts, right? Mm-hmm. The, the one thing, the one advantage that the NBA players have is they can play the game a full 94 feet and extend their defense, which most teams abroad can't do. Drew Holiday was the difference because his on-ball pressure really allowed this team to extend their defense because he is sensational on as an on-ball defender. Okay, that was the, to me, that was the whole key. Now, I didn't think that both of those guys talking about Devin Booker and Drew Holiday would be and that impactful. To, to be and fair. Chris Middleton, Chris Middleton, but but I was going to say those other two guys they were starters. Yeah, they became yeah, starters. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so you have two starters that wasn't there. You have Chris Middleton, who was clearly in the top, let's say seven to eight guys. He was definitely in the rotation, played well, double figures. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. If you said every team could add two starters to their team, (laughs) that's a big difference. Okay, now. Again, they were able to really do a 180 because Drew Holiday really gave them a presence. As he extended the defense, even though they didn't have shot blockers and so forth. Now, give those guys credit. I thought they had the best team. They were able to do it. They were able to settle down, and Kevin Durant was simply magnificent. I mean, I don't know what position you want to say. I see him guarding point guards. I saw him guarding Rudy Gobert. He was blocking shots. Of course, he was scoring the basketball. He was playing beautiful basketball. There seems to be a change in Kevin Durant, and what I noticed was his leadership. And that's what I really, 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 like, I was applauding him because you can see the growth in his game as he continues to grow his game and grow what he's doing on and off the court. So congratulations to those guys. The thing I was I was happiest about was is they stuck together because it didn't look good. It didn't look no. good. So when those conversations happened, no one was wrong for saying those things because at the time, like you said, it's a different roster. But first of all, that team that we saw in the warm-up games or even the first game where they lost against France did not look anything like this team that we see here. So, well, the, again, those, those three guys really made a difference. I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's really amazing to think of. I mean, when you really think about it, because it's the first time I'm really talking about it is they brought two starters and another guy into the mix and was playing significant minutes. That's a big, big difference in the team. And those, and all three of those guys played terrific. They played their roles beautifully. I mean, Devin Booker had some 20 point games in there. Drew Holiday arguably was as impactful of a player on both ends of the court as any player on that team. And of course, Chris Middleton making shots, guarding another, you know, versatile guy allowed them to switch. So that was a big time win, big time adjustment. And look, who would have, who would have thought that those three guys would have made that big of a difference, but they did. Yeah. And, 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 and credit to Coach Pop as well. You yeah, know, Coach Holiday stuff and, and trusting yeah. them, guys. So, this brings me to my next point. 
Yeah, go ahead. Drew Holiday, the difference maker in this Olympics team, the difference maker in the NBA finals, as we spoke about previously, when he decided to start defending Chris Paul for the full length of the court for the entire time he was on the floor. How um, pissed off, shall we say, do you think the New Orleans Pelicans are? Because this summer in free agency, we haven't even spoken about free agency on the podcast yet, but in free agency, they were hoping to get Kyle Lowry. They were hoping to get Chris Paul. They were hoping to get a veteran point guard and they lost Lonzo Ball and they settled for Thomas Sataransky. But with all due respect to Thomas Sataransky, he's not in the same caliber as these other guys. They had Drew Holiday and traded him for a bunch of stuff. Do you think that they're now regretting that move seeing how impactful he's been, not only for the Milwaukee Bucks, but also for Team USA, and essentially translating into winning basketball, because that's what the Pelicans are lacking. What I'm hearing from them is now they need to make the playoffs this season to keep Zion Williamson happy. So how much of a factor do you think that plays in? Because, you know, it's kind of weird for me to hear that the Pelicans are going after a veteran point guard and then striking out in free agency. So let's talk about them for a little bit. How do you see them progressing this season? Do you see them keeping Ingram and Zion together? Do you see that being a combination that works? And what's missing there to take them to the next level? Well, well, you've you've heard me talk about this many times. You know, building a team is a talent. You know, team building is a talent. And I understand why they traded Drew Holiday. I'm not saying I I I, I would have done it, but I understand their thought and their thinking process of why they traded Drew Holiday. Are they upset? You know, you make a trade, you don't look back. It was the right thing for them to do at that moment in time. Now, since then, they've had not one, but two guys who has a, who has ascended to become All-Stars. Brandon Ingram and Drew Holiday. I mean, and Zion Williamson. So... It's not bad. It's not a bad foundation. Now it's a, it's important for those guys to begin the process of building a team to figure out what, what works. Okay, they have two all-stars, but right now we don't have the chemistry to say, what's the best combination of how we're gonna play those guys? Is Brandon Ingram, is he a two? Is he a three? Is he a stretch four? Zion, you know, I'm hearing reports. He might wanna be a point guard. Who knows? I'm not sure what he is and how they're going to play together. So right now they have two players who are very good players. They're young players. And then they have to figure out how to surround it. So I don't think they should look back. We could all, we always like to go back and and look in the past and say, could have, would have, should have, but who's to say that those guys would ascend it to that level if Drew Holiday was there because Drew needs the ball as well. So it's the right thing for those guys, but give, you know, give, give give Zion these guys credit. It's up for those two guys in particular that I just named to figure out how they're going to play together and how they're going to build the team around them. Well, you know, in my opinion, I think the New Orleans Pelicans, I know they've got Devontae Graham now, who's going to provide some spacing and some shooting for them, but I think they came kind of worse off in free agency. But in your opinion, which teams have come out of free agency as the winners of this free agency period? And which teams do you consider the losers, if you were to put it or phrase it slightly differently, but which teams would be disappointed with how the free agency went? Well, it's very hard for me to look at it as as simple as winners and losers, because, you know, every year you, you don't know, you don't know how these teams are going to come together. Okay. Mm. We've, 
You, you don't know. I mean, think about this. We've had over the last literally 19 months or so, we've had three free agencies already. Think about that. Over the last 19 months, we've gone through three renditions of free agency. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just had to okay. do the mental maths with the calendar yes. right there. But okay. yeah, I you understand. It. You understand. Because yeah, of, so, of the bubble season and because yeah. of the bubble, then they came out of the bubble. We had another free agency that literally lasted for a week. And now here we are again. And then it's already August. And we're talking about the season's going to start here in six weeks. Yeah. Okay. So, Mo, when I look at this, I go, okay, what's really going on? What I see, Mo, is a shift in the NBA because you have more teams than I can recall over the last 15 years who are all in to try to win. Okay, let's just start in the East. Brooklyn is all in. Milwaukee is all in. Philadelphia is all in. Atlanta is all in. Mm -hmm. New York is all in. Mm-hmm. Okay, Miami is all in. That's who I was going to say is the winner of all of this because okay. they had an amazing free agency. Okay, so you say, all right, let's talk about amazing free agency. Okay, you know, Mo, when you get to be in your 30s and you're playing a game with pace and space, I'm always really concerned. I'm always really concerned because when you start putting that type of physical pressure on an older player, you know, at some point, it's going to, the wheels could fall off. Now, what makes Chris Paul unique in this situation is he's still playing the game at a high level, but he's not carrying the team during the regular season because that responsibility lies to Devin Booker, DeAndre Aiden, Cameron Payne, and all of those guys. And Chris Paul is picking and choosing to do that. Yeah. Now, they don't even have a backup point guard in Miami. <laughs> so you're asking a 30, what he's got to be 30, what, four, 35, somewhere around there now. Yeah, Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry. Yeah. You're asking him, and they don't have the, the, the greatest depth on that team. They're basically a, 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 a new group now because now you're bringing in new players and you're asking them to have to carry a team and him to carry a team. So I, I get, I'm really concerned. You're, you're, you're looking, when you get to your mid-30s in particular, you just ask these guys, ask LeBron. It's tough. This isn't easy. There's a reason we keep saying, wow, we can't believe what Chris Paul did. Because no one's ever done it before at that size. So I, I get what we're saying. I get we, we, we're looking at the headlines. Was that a great headline for them? Yes. But when you get down to those 82 games, because now we're going to play 82 games. Mm-hmm. This isn't the regular, this isn't a traditional offseason. These guys have been playing a lot of basketball. And for these older guys, it's going to take its toll more so than the younger guys. And think about this. Some of these guys, like, Drew Holiday, who we're raving about now, and Devin Booker, who we're talking about, and Chris Middleton. Just two weeks ago, they're playing in the NBA Finals. Is that only two weeks? <laughs> so at some point here, you got to give these guys a break. They need a mental break. They need a physical break. And then you got to also get them through the regular season. So 
We'll see how this plays out. I, I, I love Kyle Lowry. I like Kyle Lowry. I like what he does. I like his intangibles. But, Mo, I get really concerned because, especially as a smaller player, you know, Kevin Durant is a very unique player because of his length. He can be tired, but he's still a seven-footer. Or as he likes yep. to call it, he's 6'12". <laughs> okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Length is the one thing that doesn't deteriorate. It doesn't depend. You don't, you can still yeah, be a seven don't get footer. tired. It doesn't get tired. But Kyle Lowry, these guys are getting Jalen Suggs is coming in. You know, Jalen Green is coming in. <laughs> John Morant. These guys keep getting younger and he keeps going the other way. So, yeah. so at some point here, you have to really understand where he's at. Now, if you say him, if we could get him to the playoffs and he's healthy, that's yeah. a big if. <laughs> This is this is my t- like I like them adding not just Lowry but stealing PJ Tucker away from the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, um, when they get to the playoffs, they're going to be very tough. But you're completely right in terms of the 82 games. So my my last question to you, you know, we, we got to wrap up this episode quite soon. We'll be back with another one. But my last question to you now is, you know, given what you've just said about the older players and it taking their toll on their body. And you said the length doesn't get tired. I think another uh, another great factor to factor in is players have different styles. Some players rely on their athleticism more than other players. So with that in mind, are you at all concerned with the Milwaukee uh, with the Miami Heat offering Jimmy Butler that 187 million over four years, where his final season he's going to be getting paid 50 for the season, 50 million when he's age 36? Given that his game is not really revolving around shooting. I know he's just come off a great regular season, but he had a horrible first round. He got outscored by Bryn Forbes in the first round. He's not a great shooter. He kind of needs his body to be in perfect shape. So do you see that as a risky contract to give to Jimmy Butler? Well, you know, Mo, as we said earlier, I can't recall in the entire NBA, because we just went through the East. I didn't even get to the Western Conference. I can't Mm -hmm. recall when more teams are all in the Miami heat are all in. Yep. And they paid Duncan Robinson too. They paid Duncan Robinson. They paid Kyle Lowry. They paid Bam, Jimmy Butler. They are all in. This is, this is, listen, it's either you're in or you're out. You know, then you get to the Western conference. You got the Lakers, you got the Clippers, you, 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 Dallas, Denver, Phoenix, Utah, all of these teams are all in. So am I surprised? No, because at this point, Mo, the way the game is played, the way the teams are moving, the way that they're operating, either you're winning or you're not. It's the one, the one variable has never changed and never will. If you want to be good in this league, People want to have an opportunity to win. If you want to carry that mantle as the best player on the team, that comes with a responsibility. Okay? The Golden State Warriors, they're all in. So Mm -hmm. if Jimmy Butler, who has proven that he can take a team to the NBA Finals, he's done it. How are you going to attract other players where the best player isn't all in? Okay? So if you're going to do it, do it. If you're not, if you're going to waver and do, do that, we call that rebuilding. So I respect it. 
Jimmy's carried the responsibility. He's already proven it. You have no doubt that he has the capability to do it. Now, is he the same as some of these guys where they shoot? No, he doesn't shoot and do all those things, but that's okay. You can still be impactful. We just talked about Drew Holiday here. We, we just saw Jimmy Butler get to the NBA Finals, what, last summer? Yeah, last autumn, I guess. Yeah, last summer, yeah. Last summer weird, or last fall way, or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and none of us expected it. So now he's he has, on paper, you know, he's improved with Kyle Lowry and P.J. Tucker, and, you know, they've got some other pieces around him. So let's go. Let, let's, I'm ready for the season, honestly, because okay. a lot of teams – have already said, but more importantly, the optimism is in the air. It's no more, well, here are the two teams that are going to make it to the finals and we're just going to let the 82 games play because, and those two end up doing it. Mo, we have five or six teams now who all think they can do it. Yeah, and I love it. On and both, I'm here for in, it. In both conferences. We're all here for it. So and I think this season is going to be great. We'll be back soon talking about more Western Conference teams. I know a lot of you guys want to hear us talk about the Lakers and the moves they've made. But before we go, we didn't get a chance to talk about the NBA draft. So I want you to answer this question with just one name. In 10 years time, when we look back at this NBA draft, who made the best pick? Oh, wow. Um, You know, Mo, I'm no longer, I no longer consider myself an expert at the draft it's just just for just for a bit of fun yeah 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 i know it is fun but you know what when you watch these guys it's it's really hard for me to watch it because i get a chance to watch these guys you know play all year because you know i live here in the states but more importantly i got a chance to you know watch these guys work out and it's so hard now mo for me to 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 figure out who's who because of their age right it's impossible for me to watch a guy play 30 games year one and say who he's going to predict because they're, they're developed. They're, they have to continue to develop in the NBA. See, that's the hard, that's the hard thing. So any expert who comes on, who says who's going to be the best player, it's a pure guess yeah. because all of these players, Jalen Suggs, Jalen Green, Kay Cunningham, uh, Evan Mobley, they're all one year guys, one year removed from high school. They need at least three to five years to develop in the NBA before they can like say, this is who they're going to be. Now, if you're asking me who has the biggest upside out of every player, that's right. Evan Mobley. That's what it is. Now, who has the biggest upside, right? Evan Mobley. Why do I say that? Evan Mobley, I, I, I had a chance to play against and see these guys when they were young. I saw a young David Robinson. But the difference is, is David Robertson went to college for four years, and then he had to do two years of service after he graduated from Navy. Yeah. That's a six-year process. So we're talking about Evan Mobley five years (laughs) from today, okay? Yeah. I saw Tim Duncan go four years in college, and then we're talking about Tim Duncan. Okay. Evan, if you would have said Tim Duncan – or David Robinson, you're coming to the NBA after your first year in college. I'm not sure if they are Tim Duncan or David Robinson as we are talking about them in the same context now. Mm-hmm. Evan Mobley is every bit as skilled as any of those players were at the same age, if not more. 
but you got to wait on it, right? You have to wait on it. If he is able to get to year three or four and he's healthy and he continues to add weight and get stronger and all those things, this young man is, when I tell you he's gifted, he's gifted, okay? I saw Giannis play as a young kid over in Greece. Eight years later, you know, now we see what 60 pounds and we see what he's been able to do. And then now we're saying MVP yeah. and all these things. The NBA and, weight room, nutritionist, training staff, physiotherapist. And all those things. Evan Mobley has the biggest upside out of any player in the draft. He's a seven footer. He's got a post game, phenomenal hands, incredible passer. He's a shot blocker. He's an athlete. Shoot the three ball. He does it all. But he's still light. He's still young. And we know bigs take more time to mature physically. But if he can get there, we might be talking about something or someone that can easily do 20. He has the talent to do 25 and 15 with three or four blocks on it. Okay. Now, this kid had, but will he get there? I, I, I can't tell you because they're so young. So yeah. I'm not dodging the question. There's some really great talent. I think this draft has, I think this draft pick has a number of first guys who were worthy, who could have easily been the number one picks in the draft. That's yeah. how much I respect it. That's how much I respect this draft. And I think there are multiple all-stars in this draft. But to answer your question properly, Evan Mobley has the most upside in the entire draft. I love it. I also love what Cleveland are doing, giving Jared Allen that 100 mil over five years. The two big men, hopefully that combination works and we see them changing the style of play. You know, if we bring back the Twin Towers kind of front court. Well, we saw that France did it last night. We saw that with, with Fall and Gobert. You know, yep. I like what I like the direction that basketball is going. And the international game, I want to say this, is more physical. And I, and I want to give a shout out to, to the international game. Because I'm going to say this. Yes, First of all, the international game is, is more physical now than the NBA game. Yeah. But I want to really give a shout out to my guy, Rudy Gobert. <laughs> hey. okay. and, and the reason I want to give it out is because, you know, here we have fun, Mo, and we say things. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, we, we do things. But the game matters to him. Yeah. You can see how important the game is to him and how serious he takes his craft. And I hope all young players can see when you love something, it's going to hurt. Yep. He, 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 as is, he is as accomplished of a player off the court. I mean, what he's done financially, there's no reason for him to, he's already won. But you can see internally that the game matters to him. Winning matters to him. And it's always tough when you lose. Yeah, but that young man, he loves basketball and he cares. And I respect that. And I and, and I, I just hope that all of the young kids around the world saw that, that when it matters, it's going to hurt. And Rudy Gobert, for better or for worse, the game has remained important to him. And I want to applaud that because he loves it as much as you and I love it. 
And yep. to see that young man take that game that serious after that loss, because that's hard. Anytime, anytime you've lost in a championship game, it's always tough, but he, it matters. So I just yeah. want to give that shout out because I thought overall the, the Olympics was, was great in basketball. You saw great performance. Yeah, Patty Mills, Luka Patty Doncic, all of these Mills, guys. Luka Doncic, I mean, and you could see the difference of the game. You could see the players, how they are, some of them are more effective in the international game than they are in the NBA game and vice versa. But yeah, like Gobert, to, yeah. With, the, with the no defensive three seconds and you can tip the balls in off the rim, you know, those rules aren't there in the NBA. So he has a chance to be more effective as a big man. So kind of international play rewards, bigger bodies than those kind of rim protecting guys. But every team involved put on a great show. Um, yes. It was, it, was, it was good fun. And hopefully people's attention is now on Eurobasket and the FIBA World Cup moving forwards because I feel That's like right. those tournaments don't get enough appreciation from the fans. And it's only the real basketball purists that pay attention to those. So we'll be rocking with you guys through the NBA season, through the Olympics, through the Eurobasket, through the World Cup, through whatever it is. Me and BJ are going to be right there with you. So in the meantime, make sure you subscribe to the Hoop Genius Podcast. Stay right here with us. We'll be back soon. BJ, thank you for joining us once again. Appreciate you, sir. Appreciate you. And until next time, get buckets.